0: Love Talk Radio Let's keep it
1: This morning or afternoon, depending on where you are in the country, we give God all the praise, glory, and honor, and welcome to It's Real. As we say, real talk, real issues, and we keep it real. We are so grateful for today, because God has given us another day, another day to keep it real. He's a real God, and he demands us to be real. No fake, no phony. It's it's an incredible thing I got a lot of background noise by somebody Not sure who that is Um, But amen We thank and praise God for all of his goodness His grace and his mercy This morning we have an awesome show for you Um, Last week we dealt with parenting And the fact that um, God has called us to make an impartation in our children's lives He has called us to be parents and to nurture them and and to show them um, the way to go, which way is is correct and what have you. This week, we're going to flip the script, and we are going to talk about how do you deal with the pain of rejection from a parent, you know? There are children in this world that never feel loved by their parents. They don't understand um, why everything they do is wrong to their parent. They feel like they can never um, accomplish anything that their parent would be proud of, and because of that, it keeps them in a place of low self-esteem, it hurts them, um, and it affects their adult life. Everything that we go through as children absolutely positively affects us as adults. So we need to understand and learn that God has given us an awesome responsibility in caring for our children, and we need to take that responsibility to heart. And a lot of times we grow up in situations where our parents talked to us any kind of way, they um, treated us with disrespect and possibly because they were treated that same way by their parents. But we have to learn how to not regurgitate the cycle, so to speak, not to continue that cycle, but to switch it up and learn how to speak positive things into our children's lives, to build our children up, not to tear them down. It is so vitally important
2: that we do that.
1: And I'm just going to speak um, from experience from the the point of I was given away as a child. That's a form of rejection. But I thank and praise God that there was – a couple who loved me, who took me in, who showed me um, that I was not a throwaway. But everybody does not have that testimony, and some people grow up with that rejection. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, I am going to let my co-host say hello. Um, Tanya, go ahead and greet the people.
3: I just want to say hello to everyone and bless you. I'm praying blessings over your life and prosperity in your mind, your hearts, and your souls, too, today. That you will be fulfilled by the message that's going to be given. And you can partake of it and receive it into your own.
2: In Jesus' name.
1: Amen. Amen. Mr. D.L. Henry.
2: What's going on everybody? I want you to know no matter what you're going through, the devil has not hijacked heaven. God is still in God. Okay. Not holler at your Lord,
0: oh,
2: wow. not Holler at God. <laughs> Come on,
1: somebody
0: <laughs> Hallelujah.
1: Okay. So the devil has not hijacked heaven. God is still in charge. Thank
0: you, Jesus. Bless okay, the Lord. Bless the, Lord.
1: Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Amen. He He is definitely still on the throne. Hallelujah, and we are so so grateful that He is. We are so so grateful that He is. Well, we have a, a, a awesome show for you today, and we have a guest who. I just I love this man. He is he is a very very dear friend of mine. But what I love most about him is his willingness to be transparent. Um, We have walked through some things um, where people have come against him because of his transparency, which is really unfortunate. Um, But he is he's willing to bear all for the sake of healing for others. So we are very, very grateful to have him on the show today. I would like to give a hearty hello and greeting to Apostle Paul Greenlee.
4: Amen. Amen.
1: Right. Greetings Yay. to you all. <laughs> yeah, that was the, the,
0: the banner
2: Woo-hoo. of cheer. All right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was the banner of cheer Okay Amen. We got to get some sound bites guys So you know how you hear in the background You hear the hand claps and all of that We need some Yeah sound. that's Amen. what I'm trying
2: to give you That effect <laughs>
1: Amen. I hear you I hear you Well welcome to the show Apostle We thank God for you taking time out of your busy schedule To join us today Amen, As Amen. You know, I appreciate um, it As you know, our topic today is dealing with the pain of rejection from a parent. So I would just like for you just to share your testimony of what you have walked through um, in your relationship with your mother as a child and even now as an adult man.
4: Amen. Amen. And first of all, just thank you so much. Truly honored to be here. Uh, Always a pleasure to be able to share uh, what God has done in my life and what he's doing in my life, uh, for others, uh, to be blessed and um never too busy in my schedule to share uh God's blessings. Um so I, I just I count it in honor. Um and just, just to share a little bit of my testimony, a little bit of background if that's okay, uh Elder Colette. Um yes, please.
0: as
4: a young as a young child, um I was molested uh, by a family member, um, by a male family member. And um, that brought in a lot of uh, confusion um, into my life uh, as far as um, my sexuality. And um, I just thank God that I went through that because now uh, as a man and as a man of God, I'm able to share those struggles that I went through and share the rejection uh, from family, uh, not regarding what I chose to walk in, but regarding uh, what I went through. And a lot of that came from my parents, which I did not understand. And it's tried to be explained to me in numerous different ways, but as a parent myself, I found that to me, There was no excuse to protect your child, Um, regardless of what you might have thought uh, as my parents, uh, mostly my mother, as an excuse was irrelevant to me because I was your child. You did not protect me. You didn't go beyond to protect me. Um, And and saying that, uh, when I finally did tell my parents it was uh, swept under a rug, uh, the person was never prosecuted. Uh, nothing was ever said. Nothing was ever done, and that hurt me to the core because I felt like my my mother mostly um, was not there uh, for me. And years later, I asked her because I had resentments for years. I said, "Why why wasn't anything done? Why why did I feel like I was still left out in the water like a fish swimming uh, but drowning?" and um, she told me, well, I was afraid the the courts would take you from me because I was on welfare or my ex-husband that hadn't been around for years that she was married to when she was 21 um, would come and take you away. Uh, Now, not being funny, a lot of you all don't know my background. My mother is Caucasian and my father is African-American or was. Uh, God rest his soul. And my mind was, okay, my father's not going to let some white man come and take his son right there. Uh, So to me, that was not a good excuse. Uh, Okay, um, that's still no excuse to protect your child. You know, uh, people have tried to say to me, well, maybe, you know, back in that day, they, they didn't talk about that stuff enough. But to me, I still was not protected. Um, and also, it made me look like the black sheep of the family because um, being that I was my mother's only child and when my father and um, her had me, he was still married. Um, and it infringed on the other half of the family that I was not related to, in a manner of speaking, Um so it put me in that position, and um, I just wanted to share a little bit about that, uh, that has a lot of bearing on our relationship. Um, as I was growing up dealing with a lot of this, I began to get into drugs, and um, I prostituted my body, I tried to be a female impersonator, I went through all of that, and uh I also met a young lady that I fell in love with, married, loved her very much, uh, but was still very confused because I had been numerously raped uh, after the first time. And the devil knew God's plans, and he didn't want them, but I thank God that God's plans uh, came about, and he couldn't hold yeah. me there. Um, so I thank God for that. Um, but I had to go through that process to be who I am today. And a lot of times we forget that the things that we go through is for a process to where God has uh, that he's going to bring us. And I don't hold my testimony. I don't uh, grieve over my life. I I feel my life has been blessed for this reason, for this time and this purpose even of today for me to be able to share. Um, My relationship with my mother is very strained even to this day. Due to a lot of things that um, I had to go through With depression, with suicide, uh, drinking and doing drugs uh, She felt that um, she needed to control everything And um, because of that, she still tries to control me As a grown man of uh, 56 years old Young, rather Uh, (laughs) I know D.L. is going to say something about that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. Guy, he might be up in that racket, too, you know, 24. Okay. Uh, oh. <laughs> um, But uh, it, it, it's very strained, um, and even it has to not affect it, my wife and her relationship, but my wife sees and doesn't appreciate um the things that she does. And, and let me just give you a little bit more background. I left out of Massachusetts. I, I didn't leave. The Lord sent me out of Massachusetts over 12 years ago. I was in a, um, what is the word I want to use, elder collect. Um, uh, the Lord will give it to me. But I, I was sent out of Massachusetts. I was in a stronghold. And then Massachusetts was a very stronghold for me. Uh, I was saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, but uh, as we all know, we fall short uh, daily. And I was continuously falling short in that city because I was surrounded. By everything that I grew up with uh, Surrounded with that homosexuality Sin, surrounded with the, the drinking, and I'm not saying Those things aren't here where I am now But sometimes God has got to take us Out of a place to redo yeah. us
2: yeah. And that's what yeah. he did away from the
4: he, took he took me away He took me out to do a redo And it was the the right redo The redo that I Amen. needed Now, given Saying that I've been gone, basically from my mother for over 11 years, and now recently in July she just moved to where I am in Florida, and she continuously, oh, I know you, I birthed you, but she has not seen what God has done in these last 11, 12 years, and and the change yeah. and the formation. But she's continuously throwing up my past. You're you're not dependable. You're not this. You're not that. Uh, even when it comes to my faith and who I'm called in God. Oh well, you had to go to divinity school. You you can't be a pastor. You can't be an apostle. Uh, you got to go wow. to divinity school. And I'll let y'all know she is Catholic. Amen. Oh okay. Uh, um, okay. Okay. Yeah, so that's like, a whole nother topic uh, okay. know, Another not show a, uh-huh. Amen, and, and I, I can share on that right. one But not today <laughs> amen. Another
0: show Another show. <laughs> that's I that's get another
4: it. drop your mic uh, Yes, sir
2: like, Exit stage left on that one uh, Yeah, hmm. yeah uh,
4: um, So um, Where the respect Does not come in Is the fact that I'm grown Um I, I've actually I've gone to Colette a lot of times and and talked to her and shared with her. She's she's a person and there's another friend of mine that I've been able to share with. There's not many people uh, that I can share certain things with because it's well you're an apostle. Get over it. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah, okay. Right. This is right. my no, mother. God, the Bible right. tells me right. right. The Bible tells me to honor your parents. So in my best, I try to honor this woman because she is my mother but sometimes she takes me to stage right (laughs) if y'all understand and i come up out of my my spirituality and get in my flesh and let her know hold up i'm a grown man woman you you can't talk to me that way if if you want me to respect you you've got to respect me and that does not happen because it's i'm the mother um, right. Right. Okay, well, been, I want you
2: to ask a quick question real quick.
4: I don't need to you yes, off
2: because this is unbelievable. Why did your mother come to Florida?
4: Um, <laughs>
2: um,
4: Good question. All right.
0: That's <laughs> well, All right. I, I'll no, share with you. No, D.L., no DL you.
1: no, D.L., you don't understand the depth of it. Not that she come to Florida, but she lives a couple of doors down from him.
0: Yeah, four <laughs> doors,
1: oh,
4: down. Yeah, yeah, eight eight yeah, doors down. Yeah. It.
2: Oh, um, wow. I'll
4: share with you. Um, I can't remember when it was Elder Collette would know. Some, I'd say maybe a year, maybe two years ago, she was doing a program, and she began to minister to me about the healing of my mother and I's relationship. And let me take you back just a little. My mother and I were friends. Uh, and I remember your show you had about being friends with your children and whatever. We weren't friends like that. My mother still was a distant disciplinarian, but we got along. Um, we had a son and a mother relationship that we it was admirable. It, it wasn't like it was as I got older and started going through a lot of issues that she felt she needed to take over my life. Um, and I'll get into that a little bit more. Um, Elder Colette, this may have to be a part too. Uh, there's just so much. Um but um I just lost my train of thought. <laughs>
1: So let me ask you a of all. Um I mean, because yes, what we're really, what we're zeroing in on today is how when you have a parent, and when I say the pain of rejection, when that parent is constantly putting you down, that parent could mm. have walked out of your life, but that parent could still be in your life. How do you deal with the fact that even as a grown man, your mother still talks down to you and, and nothing you do is still ever good enough? How do you deal with that?
4: By the grace of God. It it truly is the grace of God because a lot of times I have to bite my tongue. I have to remember who I am in God and that even though she birthed me, God is the one that created me. But I get rejection constantly. I, I can never do it, – it it's like a competition, my wife says. I'll say uh, an example. Uh, last week it was real windy here. Real, real, real windy. I mean, leaves blowing power lines down, and I was sitting in my um, in my lanai, and I was on the phone with my mother, and I said, well, boy, it's awfully windy. Well, it's not windy down here. I don't know how. Now she's four houses down. I'm like, okay, uh, if I say the sky is red, she says it's blue if i say it's blue she says it's red there's never uh, um an even um it's it's like she's competing with me and then whenever i say anything it's always well i've got to be right uh you know so it's it gets very very frustrating that sometimes i just have to leave i have to walk away before i really blow my top even to the point where um a couple of weeks ago uh during my time of working uh she had said something and I didn't want her to, I I felt like she was holding her car over my head so I said to her well tomorrow I'm going to take Uber to car to the instead of the car I'm going to take the Uber to work and you know I'm I'm just going to take a day off and take Uber well if you take Uber you're being a fool and um you can just sever this relationship right now. Now this was over me taking Uber.
1: This is over and a, car, I'm like, a ride to work. Yes, you can sever the and relationship. This like is she over was the
4: relationship. Basically, um, she she has to control everything—the conversation, how I speak to her. She can tell me um, not to speak to her in a certain manner, or. Uh, if I say something, well, that's touchy with me. Now, um, I had a situation that was touchy with me a couple of weeks ago, and she started saying something about it. And I said, Ma, that uh, just a loss of a job. There was a situation, and I had um, she had said something about it. And I said, Ma, I really don't want to talk about that right now. It's really touchy. And she went, na 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 nah, big baby. I'm like, oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. That's your you mother? don't want me to say I mean, anything to you wow. because it's touchy. But so she, she's always doing the reverse. And and I'll be honest, it's very hard to deal with. I don't know how to deal with it. But I can share. It. It's nothing but the grace of God that takes me through day by day that I deal with this with my mother. And I'm not, I, don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to say she's a bad person. This is just something in her DNA and I've actually tried to ask God, well, show me. Did did she go through something with maybe her parents, or uh, what is it, God? You know. Um, so growing but up and, and dealing
1: with her her um, her control issues and nothing you did was ever good enough. What did that do to your self esteem mm-hmm. as you were growing and becoming a man?
4: Mm-hmm. Um. I didn't um example I had wanted to go back to school. Not a lot of people know this, but I'm very transparent. I, I dropped out of high school. And y'all have to forgive me if I get a little emotional. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God.
3: Yeah. Go um, ahead. Let I I wanted flow. to go Let back to
4: school and this was a time when my my dad was alive. And I really wanted to get my education. I wanted to go to college. And I felt I needed to do this to prove to my mother that I'm good. I'm, I I I can be – it's always been about me because she's always – I've always felt that rejection that I've had to make myself better. So I've always mm-hmm. tried to do things pleasing in her eyes to make me better, but then when I've done them, I've been shot down. And at this particular time, I wanted to go back to school, and she dared me not to go and ask my father. You don't need to go to school. I didn't finish high school. Why do you got to finish high school? Wow. You dropped out, so oh well. And I went to my father, and she got very upset to the point where she canceled the check for me to go back to school to get my high school diploma. Um, when wow. I told her I became a pastor, I, I shared with you, how can how can you, you didn't do this, you did this." Now, my brother, my stepbrother, who has been in jail all his life. All his life, from 15 till now, he's still in jail. He did a Bible class in school and got a certificate. She owed and odd and praised and worshipped. Oh, uh, he's got a a degree now, and he went to Bible school and this. And when I told her I had become a pastor and got licensed, uh, been in Binyanee University all my life since I was 10 years old. It was nothing.
0: <laughs> Binyanee University. It really made me I feel horrible. <laughs> mm. um,
4: wow. It was like it's it, not of importance. Um, it's nothing That's I incredible. do. It, it's all about her, put it that way.
2: Um, well, you my know, also, next time next time you talk with your mother, tell her you got your B A, you've been born again, you got your PhD, you're praising daily, and you got your MA, your master's assurance, so you've been to school.
4: Well, like I Eight said, that's half. that's a, that's another another topic on uh Catholic religion because according to her, when I die I need to go to purgatory and get cleaned up in purgatory before I can go to heaven. So we'll leave it at that. <laughs> Unbelievable.
1: You know, there are so many people that um have walked through and, and as you said, you're a fifty something year old man and you are still walking through this. Um it yes. it's a sad, sad thing. Um, I thank and praise God and I'm gonna put tanya on the spot for a moment. tanya and her mother were estranged for a while. Thanks be unto God, he has healed that relationship and we're so grateful. But Pam, share some of how you felt during that
3: estrangement time from your mom. I'll just make it brief and quick. It's like mine, Apostle, began when I was young as well, and I was always with my grandmother. I don't, I didn't really remember a lot of times being with my mother. But when you hear your the elderly people around you, the people that you look up to, like you're saying, you know, they're supposed to be watching over you because you're just a child, say so your mother didn't want you. Your mother always said something was wrong with you. Your mother said you was retarded. You was crazy. You know, that hurt me. And I could not understand that at all. You know, um, I, too, went through molestation and different things like that. I don't think that had anything to do with it. I realize now, though, I wanted to tell you, I, too, can still talk to my mother on the phone. And when I talk to my mother on the phone, she'll say to me, I'll be talking to her about something heartfelt about my daughter. And the first thing she'll say to me is, I remember when you ate all the meat out the pot and mm. and you and you left the stew there and it was mine. I was like, Mom, how old was I? Well, you are 11, <laughs> but still, I went, wow, I'm they 51 don't years let go of the old we are still here? You know, mm. but I know what you're saying about that because it was years that I didn't know how to talk to my mother. I just used to get choked up because I had my mother on a pedestal. I thought my mother was the prettiest woman in the world, and she couldn't do no wrong, and everything, the sun and the rain rested upon her. And I remember hearing my grandmother say, out of all your sisters, you loved, it seemed like you loved your mother the most, and she just pushed you aside. Well, like, like Elder said, well, my stepfather, which was like my father, he, finally, he passed away about six years ago, five or six years ago. That had to be the um, sacrifice to me that God had to make for to bring us back together again. We can talk now, but I will tell you this, Elder. I still walk on eggshells around my mother on a lot of the conversations because I love her and I honor her, and I really don't want to go there with her. But it's sad because little by little I'm saying to her, I'm 50-something years old. Why can't our family, the ones who are supposed to love us, shelter us? Why can't we be open and upfront with them? Why can't we say, but because of what I did in the past in prostitution and drugs, See, that's still, to my mother, I believe that she's for- forgiven me somewhat, but that's still me. I can never get back to the honor of my, how my sister's then were, mm-hmm. of, you know, opposed to me. And it wasn't never mm-hmm. that I did something wrong then, but now that I have, this is even a better reason, you know what I'm saying, to put this over you, to hover this over you. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? so. I know how you feel, and I, and, and I know, like you're saying, we're speaking to someone out there of that rejection, of feeling like nothing that you do is ever good enough. I went for years thinking I was doing things to try to please my mother to get her attention, that I was doing crazier things, that you know what I'm saying, just to try to get her attention. And guess what God did? He made me a mother now, and I have one that I didn't want to admit it that's just like me. So now, Mm -hmm. believe it or not, I know it sounds crazy in my situation, though, Apostle. I've had to call my mother up with bending knees and tears and saying to her, I'm sorry for anything that I've ever done to you. Because now I understand because I got one. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't think that I was that bad. I didn't think that I was that crazy. But I will tell you, as a mother, you know what I'm saying, when we put our children on front street and we believe in them, they're meant to be a pear tree, but we're trying to make them an apple tree. That's where the disappointment Mm. comes in, because we Mm. want them to be how we thought they were going to be, and it's not about what God designed us to be. And they have a hard time accepting that, only because, I believe, when my mother looked at me, because I'm the one that looked the most like her, I think she's seen a reflection and an image of herself that she Mm. did not like So, therefore, that's why I believe that she really didn't like me. See, she loved the fact when my sisters and them can tell people off and get the attention and stuff, but she didn't like that passive, humbleness side, giving to people all the time. You know, always she said, you always just give your last. And finally, the Lord said to me one day, and I'm going to end it on this. The reason why she's acting that way towards you, because all the weaknesses that she, that was really her strengths that she hated the most about herself, you have them. Mm. So, therefore, when she looks at you, she sees a reflection of herself of why people treated her the way that they did.
0: Mm.
3: So a
1: lot see, that's of times. Th- that's powerful on the strength that you touched on something that's really key in a lot of people's relationships with their parents. When their parents look yeah. at them, they either see themselves or they see that ex person that was in their life that, they yeah. they they so vehemently hate that other person, and they see that person yeah. in you, and it calls for rejection. We've got to get to a place of healing within ourselves, recognizing and understanding that God has fearfully and wonderfully crafted each and every one of us. Pastor Paul Amen. said something vital. Your mother birthed you, but God created you. He Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: He put and I received all of that
1: wonderful treat, traits within you so that he could use Use you for his glory, and we have to yes. there has to come a upon and this is part of the purpose of why I really wanted to do this show is to to usher people into a place of healing to recognize and understand oh. that do we make mistakes in life? absolutely wholeheartedly Amen. we do, but we cannot allow the mistakes of our past to dictate us our future okay we've got to get right. a place that some of the, the pain and the hurt that we've gone through with our relationships with our parents, some we brought about and some we did not, but we walked through it. And there is a place of on the other side of it that we have to get to. There's a place where God can come in and heal that brokenheartedness, heal those emotions that have kept you so bound and kept that your self-esteem from growing as it should go. Now, you, everybody that really, really knows me knows my personality as a very strong-willed person. I, I am that one. I, I You know what I'm yes saying? Yes, I you, know law. Law. yes, I yes. you Yes, you yes. are. Yes. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Right. 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 Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but I believe that's <laughs> something God burst into me. But let me tell you where <laughs> part of it started. Y'all so silly. Let me tell you where part of it started. Now, as I said, you know, I thank God for my parents that adopted me and loved me and, and, and showed me I was worth something. But there came a time in my relationship with my mother where things really, really weren't good. And I will never forget the first time she called me out of my name. I was 16 years old, and she called me a female dog, and it hurt me to my soul. Because in my mind, how could my what's a, mother... What's a female
2: dog, Collette? That's
1: a bitch. <laughs> That's, <laughs> I know he didn't. Let's get real. Yeah, what's her, a female it dog, Collette? Yeah, uh, I am not know is a bitch. So you oh are not shit. here. Oh, okay, as, thank you. As, I'm good. as, oh, as, as, you're as a woman, excuse me, real as, a woman. as a woman, uh, it grieves my heart when I hear young women and young girls refer to themselves like that. Because that's not who you are. You are not a female dog. Because, see, this is what I equate with a female dog, okay? A female dog, when they're in heat, they go down the street, and every stray male dog comes, hunts them, and keeps going. And that's the spirit I feel that you're calling upon yourself when you call yourself that. That's why I don't like to use the word. Okay, I mean, it's a technical term, but that's why I don't like to use the word. Because to me, that's a spirit that a lot of our young ladies carry. They're from bed to bed to bed. Men are just humping on them, getting up and keeping going, because that's what happens to a female dog.
0: Okay, so when my mother
1: called me that, it hurt me. The second time it happened, it didn't hurt quite as bad because there was this callousness that was was about to turn and come into my heart. The next time she called me out of my name, she called me a hoe. By that time, I looked at her and said, I really don't care what you think because if that's what you think of me, then what you think of me does not matter to me. So that's what I'm saying. Part of my hardness at times, I mean, I'm, oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm a lot better than I used to be. But part of my heart yeah. and not really caring about what people said about me came from that experience with my mother. So that's why I'm saying those experiences can do several different things in an adult's life. When you get to a place for me that I didn't care what my mother thought of me, then I didn't care what nobody thought, okay?
0: It really did not matter
1: to me. And to be honest with you, I will be 60 years old this year, and I still don't care what people think of me. However, they may. I, know. I give myself yeah, I, to I believe God, that. and so therefore I want to carry myself in a manner that brings glory to God. But what y'all think of me as, as human beings, not y'all on my phone, okay, but y'all as I didn't human beings, like that. I don't care. I don't care, but that's where it came from. So that's what I'm saying. The different things that we walk through with our parents, they shape our lives. And as Amen. parents, Amen. Well, I promise yes, you, they do. if I'm out in the street somewhere and I see these mothers dragging their children or cursing them out or saying something, it takes everything within me not to just walk up and slap them. I'm so serious. Because you don't understand what our you want to I want to know they couch, need to be serious.
3: <laughs> Okay, sorry. <laughs> my bad. My bad. My bad. We well, slipped. <laughs> you know what? Well, okay. You know. You see babies.
2: Go ahead. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was to say, well, say, see, I'm on the, the other down. other side of the spectrum when it comes to me and my mom. We now have a great relationship. Matter of fact, I just talked with her this morning. But we always we didn't. Our relationship was very strained. But. It wasn't because of so much she done. I think a child is the worst interpreter of what they see. My That's thing true. is I was growing up, I never seen my mom. But I didn't realize that my mom was working two and three jobs to try to take care mm-hmm. of us. I only seen her come home, go to sleep. She never helped me with homework. She didn't come to any of my high school games, things of that nature. So I was really out on the street at twelve years old. Because you know what I'm like, this woman don't do anything. For me, I don't see her, so I might as well be out here, you know, on my own. As I grew up, you know, it was always my mom, you need to do this, you need to do that. I'm like, how can you tell me anything? You weren't even there for me when she Mm -hmm. was in the way that she knew how because she had Mm -hmm. me when she was 14 years old. So she was a child Mm -hmm. herself. So she didn't really know how to raise a child. She was just doing the Mm -hmm. best that she could. At the state that mm-hmm. she was in, because she she didn't have any help from my mom, but it took me growing up and having children. So all these years, we have this this dynamic between us, as if you know what my mom doesn't love me. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And so I'm just like I'm growing up thinking that my mom don't really love me, don't really care about me, because anytime she's saying something to me, she's just you know telling You're me what I should do. Saying
3: something crazy to me, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. She's she just telling me something I should do or what I should be doing, you know, with my kids. I'm like, you won't tell, you know, for me. Yeah. And so yeah. I'll I never, forget, I never forget when I started doing uh, comedy. I, I I never forget because a lot of things, you know, I was trying to do. I was like a pastor. I was like, you know what? I want to make my mom proud because that's my mom. But she she's telling me all the time, well, you need to get stable, get your job. Working the years, you know what I'm saying, be, you know, what it's going to be, get you some benefits, take care of this family. And so i never forget when I stepped out to do comedy, <laughs> I invited my mom. My mom my mom came to the show, sat on the second row, second row with my kids, the place was back. sat on the second row with, with the kids. Uh, after the show, my mom, she says, I got to go, I'll talk with you tomorrow. So, she left. I'm like, no, she came in. And she said, sign me one of them autograph pictures. And she left. She said, I got to go. I got somewhere to go. I'll talk with you tomorrow. I'll call you tomorrow. And so I'm like, well, there goes my mom again, you know. Once again, here's the woman. Worked 32 years. She called me the next day, and she said, I just wanted to tell you something. She said, I didn't realize that you were that funny. She said, you are better than Cedric, the entertainer and Steve Harvey. She said, don't do nothing else. That's what you're supposed to do. And that changed me and my mom's relationship forever. Because the simple fact is that the worst critic in the world just gave me a pass of something that I love to do. And my thing is, she she said, I just didn't know you were that talented. She said, I never knew you were funny. She said, but don't do anything else. This is the same woman for most of my life Tell me, go get a regular job and do mm-hmm. this. And so now, you know, it's, we have such a great relationship where I can call about anything. And she actually calls me about her problems, you know, and say, you know, son, well, I'm dealing with this, such, such. What do you, you, know, you think? And I'm like, wow. So uh, I'm like, what, yeah, so that's what I'm saying I, to you I'm guys, say there ain't nothing that God can't do. So, and
3: I agree with that. It, and I wanted to say something too. B. Sorry about that, baby. Go ahead. I apologize. No,
2: I'm, I'm good.
3: No, what I just wanted to say too, because when you said that about what your mother said to you, I thought it was important that I said I had to say what my mother said to me eventually. And I believe that this is what broke what I called a long generational curse of my emotions. And she called me up one day and said, I just want to say something to you. I've been praying and asking God to help me as a mother to be able to see the things that my kids went through. But if I was any way the cause of the things that have happened in your life, then I want to be the first to tell you I'm sorry. I apologize. And I'm choking up saying that now because I was driving home from work, and that broke me like something shattering off of me for good. And that set me free to know that I can be a good mother. I can be a good wife. That's what helped me. So I'm done with that. I just wanted to put that out there like that. But
1: you know what, that's important, what both of you have just said, because that says that even though whatever has transpired has transpired, and maybe there is a parent on the line that is having issues with their own child and not really knowing, you know, maybe they're estranged and not really knowing how to bri- how to be the repairer of the breach, how to bring that relationship together. Until you get to a place of that humility, humbleness and saying, you know what, I didn't do everything right. I, I-, I made mistakes and I'm sorry. Yes. But you can always say, go back and say, but you've got to know I love you. You gotta know yeah. I love you. And and I think that is so vital because there is a flip side. There we may have parents on the phone that have dealt with that with their own children. So I promise you, some people just don't know how to love because they've never received love.
0: I agree with and that. And we don't understand I agree with that. it.
1: You know what I'm saying? And as children, you walk through things and you don't understand why this person doesn't hug you. I only remember my mother telling me she loved me once in my life. If she told me any other time, I promise you, I do not remember it. But that one time that she told me was pivotal because it was at that place where I done spent all of her money on drugs. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't love myself. You yes, know, it was at yes, that yes. place of despair where I hit bottom. And that's the one time that she chose to say, I love you. It that's makes right all there. the difference in
3: yes, the it world. Does. Yes, it does. I 100% agree with that. It really yes, does. that's what's going on with Apostle right now. He just want to hear from his mother. You know what I'm saying? Out of all I've done, and I know this, but I've, God has forgiven me, and I've confessed my sins before God, because that's what I used to say. But how come they can't forgive me, the people that I love? How come they can't forgive me? You know, and, and you,
2: and well, you know what? Well, I, take, I take a different take on that. I think, honestly, with Apostles Mom, and this is just my opinion of what I see, there is something that she is regretful for because of what's going on that. in his life. That's why she I moved agree. to Florida. Because the simple fact is that she's trying to be a better mother. She just doesn't know how. She doesn't know how. how. She doesn't know and, how. And sometimes, and 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 that's what we have to understand. She moved. That's why I said, why did she move to Florida? She moved to Florida because she honestly wanted to be closer to her son. Because she feels like, as a parent, she's let him down in some way. So she feels bad, but she doesn't know. That's why she's trying to control a situation because she feels like if I can control it, I can make it better. But the bottom line is that it's God that has to do the doing. But her being from the religious background she is, it's tough to do that because of her belief factor. But the bottom line is that I honestly and truly believe it's because of guilt that she feels that the things that you've gone through, and she, this is her way of saying I'm trying to help.
1: Man, you know, I shared things with Paul as well that I feel I've never met his mother, never spoke to her, but I just believe there is a root to why she treats him the way she does, and that root would trace back and be found in her own childhood. Okay. Yes. Yes. I believe that. really a myth. There. Something I, I, I is wrong. I got wrong my hand up there. here. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead.
4: Amen. <laughs> hey, hey I, I just wanted to answer a couple of questions and and um chime in on a couple of things. I I've been listening, amen. I, I know what my mother's issue is. And actually it's not her childhood. Um I've I've come to find out since she's been here listening to her talk so much. <laughs> um that her issue stems from her marriage and her relationship with my father and his yeah. children because it was a very controlled relationship my father uh back in that day it was the the woman stayed home took care of the house the husband took care of everything and did what he wanted to do now my mother was never used to being in control but um and and i asked her a lot several times i've asked her well why didn't you just leave him well i don't feel i had control over that i said but you did you 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 could have had control you you could have Went and, and, and left. No, no, I couldn't. I'm like, not okay, back then, they could not so. have. I
3: don't believe they
1: um, could have back then. They had different morals. Well, the thing. that and well, because well, well? you can't get a divorce, and you know what I'm saying? You like excommunicated when you get a divorce, and all of that. So, yeah. there's different. It's this, it's this, no, this, probably this, probably this, really, 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 this did not feel she had a choice.
2: Yeah, but, but Catholic churches don't but, believe in divorce.
4: Right, that's what um, I just said, yeah,
2: she was divorced. But I, so, so, Apostle, are you the only child by, by your
4: father? Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to answer everything.
2: here. <laughs> now now I uh,
4: I'm the only child by my mother, not my father. My father had seven other children.
2: No, I'm talking about with with your mother.
4: I am her only but, child. But
2: Paul, when you're talking so,
4: yeah. about okay. your father,
1: you're not talking about your biological father, correct? Yes, I am. Oh, are you? Okay. So when she was married to your biological father, that biological. was the control issue. Yes. Oh. My father. Okay. My. So fa- my bi-
4: I only have. I'm. I'm my mother and my father's child. My father was married when he met my mother, and she got pregnant while he was married. I am almost a twin to his daughter. We were born the same year but different months. Um. Okay. But the the point that I was trying to get to was that the control that she has over me stems from her marriage and from her relationship. I hear her talk about uh, a lot of times she'll use an example. You're just like your father. You're trying to control the situation. You're trying to be right. And it's not that. And I tell her constantly, I am not my father. I am nothing like my father. And I didn't even really know my father. Uh, and that's just another other rejection from a parent. Um, I didn't know my father. Um, you know, so that was where that rejection came. What I knew of my father was when um, I would do something wrong and my mother would call him and he would come and beat my behind and tell me to go to my room. that That's my remembrance of my father. I would see him take Um, my brothers and sisters to the games, he would do this with them, he would do that with them. My mother's excuse was, oh, well, you didn't want to go. I said, no, I was never asked. (laughs) I wasn't asked if I wanted to do anything. Um, I didn't go to the family cookouts. I didn't get invitations to the weddings and stuff like that because I was not considered a part of that family um now my father and i we were able to sever our relationship as i got older before he passed away and this is how controlling my mother was i was threatened when my father was sick i wanted to go home and i believe i told you this Colette. um i wanted to go home and say goodbye to my dad because our relationship had become strong i got to know my father as a man as a father not a dad but as a father And um, when I told my mother I wanted to come home, she told me, don't you dare. You don't need to be here. But yet his other children were there, and my mother threatened me. When I got home, I wanted to console my mother as a son at the funeral. And I told her, well, do you want me to ride in the car with you? And it hurt my wife to the core. I had to walk away. Uh, My father, the day they were burying my father, to cry because my mother said to me when I was just trying to be her son, her only child, and she turned around and said to me, oh, not if you're trying to compete with Dondi. I don't need that on today. She didn't see it as I'm just trying to be there for you. Um, Just a lot of different things. But I'm now seeing that. It's all because she was being controlled, and I'm the only one that she can control, in her eyes, because I'm her only child. Um, and and um, I, I, I want to say this to those that are listening. I don't need my mother's approval anymore. Um, uh, um, the young lady, your your host, was saying that that's all I want. I don't want that anymore. Um, I just want my mother to see who I am in God and that God has changed me. I don't need her approval anymore because I've learned to get God's approval. No, no, because no. Because I've I didn't learned mean that, that, that God, God is the one I didn't mean that created
3: that me. Right. I'm sorry. I agree. I just said, I didn't mean it like that. I meant like what I was going through. You know, when you God has approved of you and God has forgiven you, why can't the person that birthed you into the world, why can't they love you and do the same? That's what I was saying. Because not they're not going to, to yeah.
4: unless yeah. God does it. See, the thing I used to, and this is where Colette helped me. The thing I used to look for was the approval in her. And what I needed to realize is, I don't need to be. I'm, I'm like Colette now. I don't care what you think about me. I don't care if you like my testimony or not. I don't care. I, I hear. I still to this day, people will call me a faggot. Okay, Amen. I'm a faggot for Jesus. Then amen, I, I, amen. I do love a man, and his name is Jesus. And if you don't like it, oh well. I don't care. I don't give. My my famous saying is, I don't give a pancake flip. But before I forget, I want to touch on what you were talking about, Elder Collect, about the female when you were saying that word that they use. You know, that goes the same for a male because I used to be called a bastard. I didn't go around making a whole bunch of children because that's what a male dog is. It goes around and does exactly what you said to the female dog. goes around and just makes a lot of babies. I've got my children from one woman, okay? I did not go around and make a lot of babies and whatever and just uh, mess around with every woman in the world. Now, I'm not going to say I was not sexively, sexually active. Yes, I was, but I was not what you would call in the terms of, a, of a, a bee. amen. Um, but that goes for men, too, and I just wanted to throw that in there. There there are men out there that aren't being called that, but they are, because that's exactly what they're doing, because that's but, but what that, they saw the their father do. The term
1: that you do. just used is a fatherless child, okay? Um, that's what a bastard right. is, is a fatherless child, Um but you've come to that place of knowing your father as to be God. So um, mm. I totally I totally hear you and understand that. Um, I, I just, you know what, my prayer is, because we, we've got six minutes left in the show, my prayer is, is that those that have tuned in and that may have been hearing in the archives would walk away with the sense of, first and foremost, forgive your parents, because you can't move forward until you do. You know, if you have parents that rejected you, if you're still holding on to that pain and hurt of rejection, you got to forgive them and let it go. Forgiveness is for you, not for them. It is for you. Amen. Because when you hold on to to the hurt and the pain, it becomes a cancer within you and it will destroy your life. And I'm a firm believer that if someone did not care enough about me to care about my feelings, then I'm definitely not going to allow them to destroy my life. And that's just me. Um, But you got to get to that place of forgiveness and let it go. If you are a parent that has possibly... Um, rejected your child or you just didn't know how to love your child. Just like, you know, D.L., like you said, your your mother was 14 years old. I can completely relate because I was 14 when I had my first child. And you go out and you work hard and you do every single thing you possibly can to take care of that child, but doing that sometimes takes you out of the home and away from the child, you know, because wow. if, if there is not those – Two people in the household working together to build that, and it's just you, you do what you have to do. I was a single mother until my children were 17 and 18 years old. Okay. So, you know, I understand that side, but you still, you have to, as a parent, you know, if you if you have not been nurtured and cared for and loved, and I'm sorry, Paul, I hear what you're saying about what your mother went through with the controlling aspect of her her marriage, but there's something deeper. I hear that in my spirit. There's something deeper than for why it. she is the way she is. But anyway, um, then as a parent, first of all, forgive yourself. Once you've gone to God and made amends, and then reach out to your child, it is never, ever too late. It is never too late to say, "You know what? I didn't do it all right. I might not have done any of it right, but I love you." Because that's what a child to me needs to know. That's the whole purpose of your nurturing your children. Excuse me. I'm sorry.
0: You okay?
1: yeah. I am But
0: oh, The well, whole well. purpose
1: Of nurturing your children Is to instill in them That love They need to know that they're loved Like I said my mother only told me that once But I knew No matter what Even in the bad times I still knew that this woman loved me You have I mean, to have that you know what I'm saying, God put that within us sometimes we get to a place where we don't the minute you don't nobody love us, but God, and that's enough too. that's enough too. Maybe your parents are gone on now. you don't have the opportunity to make amends with them, but know that your Father, which art in heaven, loves you so unconditionally that he made a, a Propitiation for your sin. He made He made it a way so that you too could have intimate relationships, so that you could be affirmed by your Creator, so that you could be loved by Him. So that what I'm trying to say is, know that you're loved. Don't carry that hurt and pain around with you. You got to let it go. You got to let it go. And all that we do on this show is all about healing and and seeing the love in your life. You know, to Amen. experience that, because sometimes that's the only healing you're going to get. You're, again, Amen. your parents may be gone. You may not have the opportunity to, you know, to, um, to bridge that relationship anymore. But yet and still, you do. You will always have the opportunity to submit that hurt and that pain to God and let him come in and let him heal you, because that's what it's all about that's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. When it all boils down to it, when all is said and done, eternity is going to be spent with him. It's going to be spent with him, with somebody that is the lover and the lifter up of your heart and your soul. So God is a good God. We are out of time. We got a minute left, a minute left. I want each of you to take like 20 seconds and share your heart with the people. You started Apostle.
4: Amen, amen. I just want to say um, to everyone, thank you again. And I want to say to anyone that has gone through uh, what I'm going through or um, your children are going through it or whatever, first of all, forgive yourself um, and then forgive your parent or your parents. I had to do that. And with that, I have been able to move on and grow and love my mother regardless because the Bible does tell us to honor our parents. So in all that I do and all that she does, I still honor her as my mother. I have just learned to let her know that I am an adult and I'm not going to accept certain things and I don't have to. And you can do that in a godly manner. And um, I just wanted to share that. And thank you again so much for this opportunity.
1: Amen. Amen. Tanya,
3: I just wanna to say to everyone out there, just like what Apostle said, you have to forgive that person and forgive yourself and be confident and know who you are within yourself and in Christ. And I believe that once you know that, then everything else falls in line, whether that person can understand it or not. And I just want everybody to be blessed.
2: Amen. DL? I just wanna say uh to all the people out there listening. I realized one thing when my co-host Tanya says she's gonna keep it short. Don't believe it. <laughs> that, <laughs> you know right. that, that. I think
3: that's You live that's in the same I, city. You live in
2: the same city. <laughs> 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 she she said I'm gonna keep Uh-oh. it short. She. She, she ain't going to do it, y'all, but it's all good. This has been an unbelievable show. I love everything that everybody has to say. And I pray that everyone takes something away from it. You know, something out of somebody's story that you take from it, and you find deliverance and you find God in the midst of it, because that's what this is ri- it's about. It's about keeping it real and being transparent. And I just thank you, Colette, for just having the people that are willing to tell their stories and most of all be transparent. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Well, we thank God for all of you that has tuned in with us today. And again, we just pray that something has been said that you can take with you, as DL said, you know, um, and and make your life better, make your life better. So we love you much. We are out of time. We will see you next week. Thank you again, Apostle, for coming on and sharing with us. We really appreciate you.
0: Thank you, Apostle. Amen.
4: Don't forget, y'all can tune in to the rebroadcast of this show on WVOD Radio. Uh, that's www.wvodradio.net. All right. Amen. And that's
1: at 5 o'clock every Saturday evening, correct?
4: Yes, ma'am.
1: Amen. Amen. God bless you. So you that's guys tonight awesome at 5 week.
4: o'clock for last week's show.
1: Amen, amen. We love you all. Have a blessed week.
4: God bless you. Bye. Let's
1: keep it. Around.